good morning to all of you that have uh, come online this morning to be with us, or maybe you're going to be watching this a little bit later. Uh, I hope, I, I trust that you had a great time of uh, worshiping the Lord with us this morning with Katie and her band, and we just thank the Lord for meeting with us today, and it's just good to be with you. And this is still unusual. This is still very strange, but we are just forging ahead. We're going on in the... in in the opportunity that God has given to us to come to you this way live on Facebook. And, and uh, also, I think you can log on to our website, and it'll bring you right to the YouTube channel, and you can watch it on YouTube as well. So, again, we, uh, it's just good to be with you. I would, I would say it's good to see you, but that doesn't work for, for me. That works for you. Amen. Well, I, I have a word today I feel like the Lord's put in my heart. And uh, I want to share this word. It, it kind of uh, carries on with where I started last week. I had a message. I did a message entitled, Church, Wake Up. And it was out of Matthew chapter 25, in which uh, Jesus told the parable of the ten virgins, five of which were wise, who were prepared for the coming of the Lord, and five that were foolish, who did not have the oil. They were not prepared for the coming of the Lord. And before the coming of the Lord, there was a midnight cry. There was a wake-up call. And we talked about how that we, I felt like the Lord just impressed that on my spirit, that things like what we're going through, I'm not, I'm not predicting that Jesus is coming here shortly because of uh, the coronavirus, but I'm saying things like that. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 24, talked about the signs of the times. And he, he listed a number of things, wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence. And you could add in their pandemic, you know, a crisis that would sweep over the land. And Jesus said, these are the beginning of birth pains. These are, these are a wake-up call. These are kind of like the midnight cry to stir us, to, to remember that Jesus is coming. And before he comes... He's going to move. And that's what we've been talking about. And last week we, we talked about this idea of waking up to the priority of prayer. And, and what our nation needs, what the world needs right now, is a, a recall to prayer from the body of Christ. We talked about the possibilities of faith. Waking up to the faith that, that we are the people of faith. We are God's, by faith, we are God's mountain-moving people in the earth. Amen. And uh, so we're here. We can, we can see change. We can believe for change. And we talked also about waking up to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said it last week. I want to say it again. These doors are closed, but what the doors Jesus has opened, no man can close. And I really believe that the Lord is positioning us and getting us ready as the body of Christ for a, a new awakening or a, a reawakening, I guess, and getting the gospel message out there. And I think we need to be aware of that. And I also talked about, we, we also talked about waking up uh, to the power of the Holy Spirit because none of this is possible. None of it is possible outside of the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit in every one of us. And that's why we need to heed Paul's advice to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I want like I said, I want to carry on. I want to take that idea one step further today. And I have a message I've entitled, Wake Up and Fight. That's the message I have today that I want to share with you. And if you want to follow along in your Bibles at home, you can go to Romans 13. 
Also, 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to look at a couple of different scriptures to kind of get us started. And uh, if you were around here a couple of months ago, I was doing a series entitled The Good Life based on John 10.10, where Jesus said, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We were talking about the good life, and we talked about a lot of different things over those weeks. And I had had it in my on my list that I was going to do this message on fighting the good fight because the good life that God gives us is something that we very often have to contend for because there's an enemy that wants to take it away or to keep us from possessing all of it. And at that time, I don't know why, I just didn't, I guess I didn't have a release to do it. But then because of obvious things going on, and because of what we've been going through around here in this last week, here even at church, uh, I just felt this word seep back into my spirit. In fact, I went into Mashan's office, our uh, church uh, uh, um, administrator, thank you, Daniel, our church administrator, and she said, well, what are you preaching on Sunday? And I said, well, right about now, I feel like talking about fighting the good fight because of all the spiritual warfare that we've been going through, and uh, we're always in warfare, but... Anyway, I want to I pick up with that idea, and I want to talk about it. So if you have your Bibles, I want to read from uh, two verses of Scripture, Romans 13, verses 11 and 12, and then we'll skip over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. It should come up on the screen there. Paul writes, and he says, And do this, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And if you keep your finger there or your thoughts there, flip over to 1 Timothy chapter 6, it's going to come up on the screen, and Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, but you, O man of God, or you, O woman of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness Godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Right where, you're, right, where you, right where you are at. Would you say those words with me? Fight the good fight of faith. Let's say that again. Fight the good fight of faith. And so that's God's word. And I want to just take a moment and pray over this right now. And Father, we just thank you for your word. Your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, I just pray that right now that the power of your word would enter into our spirit. And God, that it would bring encouragement to us, that it would bring correction where needed. And Lord, that it would open up our eyes to see what you see. Something to give us something Show us something, Lord, to go after through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Now, the moment we become a child of God, at that very moment when you become a child of God, you are also enlisted in the army of God. Before we ever came into the kingdom of God, I don't think any of us fully realized that there was an invisible war going on all around us at all times. And most of the world, I don't think, even realizes this right now. And for those of us 
who do know about this invisible war, I think all too often we quickly forget about it and we don't keep it in our thinking. But there is a great cosmic battle going on that is both spiritual and it is physical. It is a heavenly warfare, but it's also an earthly warfare. In fact, the battles we face on earth, the things that you and I go through, the spiritual struggles that we go through, they are nothing short of physical manifestations of something that's going on in an unseen realm, in a place that you and I don't always see. We don't always see what's going on there, but we see it played out in our lives and in our relationships and in the things that are going on around us. The earth is literally a battlefield. It is the designated fight site between God and Satan, between life and death, between heaven and hell. Now these battles we face and these battles that we feel in our life are not only worldwide crisis, but they are also very personal. Now, these battles that you and I experience, the things we feel and see around us in our lives, they are manifest in a variety of ways, like corrupt institutions and governments, or wars, or terrorism, racial injustice, or racial prejudice. It shows up in the oppression of humanity, or abuses, thefts, murder, sickness, diseases persecutions, the censure of the truth. When we see these kinds of things happening in the earth, the crisis, even like the pandemic that we're going through, I believe that these are just a manifestation that the cosmic war has invaded our world. On a more personal level, though, the battles that we face take their toll on us in our emotions, and in our relationships, and in the purpose of life. Satan isn't just out to destroy our lives generally. He's out to destroy our lives personally. He is dead set against each and every person on planet Earth, and especially the people of God. Now, I don't want to overstate the issue, but it seems to me that a warfare has intensified lately. And I was talking to a few people in the office and Daniel the other day, and we were just, you know, just kind of talking about these kinds of things that are going on. And I know we're supposed to kind of go into shutdown mode, and I know we're supposed to kind of limit our surroundings. And, and it would seem like, well, maybe, you know, and I, I think those are positive steps to take care of the crisis at hand. But there seems to be something more in the air that's going on. There's a warfare that has invaded our world. And I think as the church, as the body of Christ, we need to wake up and fight. And I know right now, everything within me doesn't want to fight. Everything within me wants to go home, close the door, and stay there, and not somebody else. And I know that Physically, that's something that we probably should do. But spiritually, we never give up ground to the devil. We've got to hang in there and fight the good fight of faith. And Paul is admonishing us to do that. And so I think that it's time for us as the church. I know it's, I know it's an, an, an uncertain time. It's an uneasy time and it's an, an uncomfortable time. But I really believe that we as a church 
need to wake up and fight to the glory of Jesus Christ. To fight the good fight of faith. And so the way I want to talk about this today, I, want to, I got a couple of different thoughts I want to throw at you. I want to talk about the battles we face. And then in a moment, I want to talk about the faith that wins. But first of all, let's just talk about some of the battles we might be facing right now in our lives. Battles of life come in all shapes and sizes. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? They come, battles come. You can't stop battles. They come from all kinds of angles, and they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. The warfare seems to be endless and relentless. It seems that you get the victory in one area, and then another area pops up. And then it also seems that in in an area that you got the victory and you thought you kind of nailed that when it comes back around in a different form and you feel like you're fighting that battle all over again. And these are the, this is the warfare that we're in on a constant, in a constant, uh, on a constant basis. Every battle we face, but listen, every battle we face essentially is an attack on our faith our confidence, our trust, our reliance upon God. This is why Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Because everything that's coming against you, everything, every battle, every warfare that you're facing internally, emotionally, relationally, all around you is an attack on your faith and your trust and your belief in God holding on to Him. And so we need We need to hold on in faith, to fight the good fight of faith. Let me just talk about some of these battles. There's the here's a battle that we all face. The battle of our flesh that resists the will of God. Did you know that your flesh doesn't want to obey God? I don't know if you know that, but your flesh doesn't want to do God's will. Now, in your heart, you want to do God's will. You say it with your words. You know that you should, but there are things about your flesh that in and of itself, it does not want to yield or submit to God. And some of the battles we face are nothing short than our flesh rising up against what God wants. God says, seek me and you will find me. And our flesh says, I'm too busy to seek you. I'm too tired to seek you. Come on. Come on out there. Are you with me? Amen. Paul said in the book of Galatians, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There is a war going on. And sometimes what we're going through is nothing short of our own flesh battling, pushing back against what God wants us to do. That's a battle that some of us are facing in our lives. Then there's the battle that we face in our mind when our mind is out of peace. I love the scripture that says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts in me. When you believe in God, when you have faith in God, then you can have your mind stayed upon the Lord. And God said, if your mind is stayed on me, you will have peace. Even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of crisis. But I can tell you right now that one of the battles I've been having is this lack of peace. 
I don't feel like I'm overcome by the coronavirus, but there's just a peacelessness and a restlessness in our society and all around the land, and I just feel like it, it's, it's getting into, inside of me sometimes, and it's a battle. It's a battle in my mind to hold on to the peace. You know, you can know the truth and still be out of peace. I know what God's word says. I know what God promises. But if I don't keep my mind stayed on those things, and if I don't keep my spirit locked into what God's truth is, even though I know the truth, I can still get out of peace and not have the peace of God. I love Jesus' words as he was getting ready to leave this world. He said to his disciples on that that last night in the upper room, he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus said, he's the prince of peace, right? That's what Paul said, he is the prince of peace. That means all peace is under his domain. He said, I give you my peace, you have it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. And then later in chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I tell you all these things so that in me you will have peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have squeezing. You're going to have pressure. You're going to have hardship. There's going to be viruses. There's going to be pandemic things. There's going to be terrorism. There's going to be wars. There's going to be hatred. Tribulation, he said, is going to come all over this land, but you have my peace. So be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to stand in the peace. This is a battle. Satan is, tries to get in our head. This is why Paul said, this is why Paul said, we take captive everything that exalts itself against the knowledge, the truth of God. Amen. Here's another battle we all face. It's a kind of along the lines of the one I just shared about the mind, but it's the circumstances in our lives. You know those circumstances that you can't control, right? Smile at me out there. You know what I'm talking about. I am a control freak. Does anybody else understand that? Anybody else know what it is to be a control freak? I'm a control freak. And I hate being in part of things that I have no control in. Things that begin to dominate me, move me around like a checker piece on a checkerboard. And you, you go here and you go there and you do this and you do that. And I try everything on the inside of me to take control. But circumstances in life come up and you can't control everything. You can't control what you're told to do sometimes. You can't control... Sometimes what people are thinking and what decisions that other people make, you can't control it. Sometimes you have to just stay in the presence of God and you might be carried along in circumstance beyond your control. And here's the, here's the pivotal point about circumstances beyond our control that we, we battle. When I don't feel like I have control and I try to take control, I just the joy of the Lord just drains right out of me. I'm not living with the joy of the Lord anymore. There's no more joy in whatever circumstance I'm in. Like Paul said, I I have learned to be content. I know how to be joyful in the Lord, no matter if I have a lot going for me or nothing going for me. Because he said, sometimes I don't have control over the situation I'm in right now. 
We don't always have that control. We can't always determine our circumstances. And it's a battle that we face. But you're in the hands of God. Amen. Here's another battle that you and I might find ourselves in right now. It's the people battle. It's the people who oppose us. I know what Paul said. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places. That's the truth. People, what Paul is saying there, is people are not our real enemy. Our real enemy is the devil who is instigating and trying to bring confusion in relationships and working through people. It is Satan working through them. They themselves are not our real enemy. But they are sometimes an enemy. Jesus said, love your enemy. Jesus said, pray for your enemy. Jesus said, do good to your enemy. And sometimes when we're in a warfare and we're in a battle with relationships in our home, with our children, in church, out in society, out at Walmart, with the person getting that last batch of bananas, or whatever the case, we're in warfare. But you know what? And here's the battle. How do I forgive them? How do I love them? How do I not hold a grudge? This is the battle we're facing. We're in a, we're in a warfare. There's a battle going on, and these, this is how, th- these are the kinds of things that you and I are facing on a daily basis. And so we have a, a people battle that we face. Then there's the final one, and this is the Satan battle. Satan, who... Let me just say it this way. Where it concerns your flesh, he's the tempter of your flesh. And where it concerns your mind, he wants to be the deceiver. He seeks to tell you lies. Where it concerns your circumstances, he does want to hinder your progress. He does want to get in the way of God's will in your life. Where it concerns people in our lives, he does want us to hold a grudge. And he does want us to be unforgiving. And he does want us to demand our rights. But let me tell you another thing, that Satan, he can work through those things or he can work all on his own with his fiery darts, assailing you, assailing your thoughts, accusing you in your mind and in your heart, attacking you, afflicting you physically. Satan comes against us, but I want to tell you today that Paul said in Romans 16.20 that soon Satan shall be under your feet. Jesus said, I've given to you all power and all authority that you can walk on the heads of scorpions and serpents and nothing by any means shall harm you. That's Jesus' way of saying, I've given you the power over all the power of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so... But we're in a warfare with Satan. We're in a battle with him. But he is not stronger than us in Christ. He is not greater. He's not more powerful than us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so these are some of the battles that we face. The flesh, the mind, circumstances, people, Satan. But I want to bring this around to the final idea. How do we deal with these battles? Well, we've been told, Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. And I want to talk about the kind of faith that wins. And if you have your Bibles, you might want to go back to Romans chapter 13 because in those 
simple little words that we read in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, I feel like we have kind of a, an idea about how, what it means to fight the good fight of faith. Now, before I actually dig into that, let me just share with you, when Paul was writing to Timothy about fighting the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, Paul knew well what it meant to face spiritual battles in the circumstances of life. He endured hardship, persecution, famine. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten and left for dead. He was miraculously provided for by God on one hand. And on another hand, it seemed like he had nothing going for him at all. He was assaulted by governmental authorities. He was lied about by religious leaders. He was forsaken by friends. In many different ways, Satan plotted for his defeat, but to no avail. Why? Because he knew how to fight the good fight of faith. He knew how to do that. He never gave up in the heat of battle. He pressed on in the will of God. Now listen, if he ever did fall asleep, he didn't stay asleep for long. But he stirred himself, again, never settling for a sleepy, lethargic, complacent spirit that gives up when the going gets tough. And we see that in his words right here. I want us to look at it again. He said, and do this, look at these words, and do this knowing the time that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. See, he may have understood what it meant to fall asleep spiritually, but he knew we couldn't stay that way. We need to wake up, right? For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. How many of you know that right now, the day is at hand? I mean, we're in the day. He said, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor. Everybody say armor. Armor of light. Wake up and fight. That's what he's saying. Wake up, church. It's time to engage the enemy. And so, first of all, we need to get up. The faith that wins, number one, gets up. Amen. Everybody say, get up. Look at verse 11. Knowing the time. Knowing the time. Do you know what time it is? Knowing the time that now... Right now, not later, not someday, not years down the road. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. And then he goes on in the first part of verse 12, and he says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. You used to be in the night. You used to live in the dark. That's where you came from, but that's not where you are now. It's time to get up. See, Paul's words are sounding an alarm to the church for us to get up and stop pushing the snooze button. Anybody have that problem? This is a call to urgency of the hour in which we live. And you know, this call was written over 2,000 years ago. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, Paul felt urgent there was an urgency in his writing 2,000 years ago to say, wake up, get up. And I'm, I want to propose to every one of us, no matter 
the time or the age or the era that we live in, we know that we live in the last days and we certainly live in days in which God is still moving in the earth. And he can't move through a church that's asleep. These are urgent days. This is an important time. And so we need to know the time. You know what time it is? It is time to get up and to seek the Lord. It is time to get up and to serve the Lord. I love what Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 says. The scripture says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And that word glory, if you study it out in the Hebrew language, it means weightiness, substantial weight, heaviness, And what it means is that God's presence is all over you. You are carriers of the weight of the presence of God. And he says, arise and shine because you live in a dark world. You live in a world of hopelessness. And the light needs to arise so that the darkness will be driven away. I'm getting too loud. I know I am, but hang in there. I'll be done in a minute. Arise, shine, for your light has come. You arise, you shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. The glory of God. Everywhere we go, we are carriers of the weight of God's presence. We bring God's presence right into the most chaotic, darkened atmosphere in the earth. And we can't do that so long as we are spiritually asleep. Faith gets up and it just keeps getting up. It just gets up. Now. Not later. Not when I've, not when we've gotten through this crisis. Not when, you know, things are better for me. Now. The time is now. Know this. Time is now. The night is over. The day is at hand. Hallelujah. Faith that wins gets up. Faith that wins cleans up. It cleans up. Look at verse 12. Paul writes in verse 12. Let me look at it here. He says, Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us cast off the works of darkness. So when he says cast off, you know what that word in the original means literally to take off like an old dirty garment and just throw it to the side. Let us cast off the works of darkness. And you're not going to see it up on the screen, but in verses 13 and 14, he describes a little bit of the works of darkness. Let me, let me just read them to you. He said, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, which is wild partying, and not in drunkenness, and not in lewdness, which is kind of just like very, uh, you know, no, no shame of, of, of sexual misconduct, not in lust, not in strife, not in envy, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. There are things about our lives sometimes as Christians that, you know, we kind of let ourselves back into those dark places and those dark things. 
And what that does is it only diminishes our ability to walk in victory. It sabotages our ability to be victorious in life when we give place to those areas of uncleanness in our life. And so we need to, we kind of need to clean up. Part of, part of uh, fighting the good fight of faith is not only getting up and staying up and continuing to get up, but it's also cleaning up. We're sabotaging our ability by sometimes our disobedience. And he said, cast off the works of darkness. Cast off the works of darkness. Don't let the darkness be a part of your lives. I was watching last night on the news one of the doctors out of New York, and he was describing how you can stay corona-free, coronavirus-free. And basically, and I've heard this over and over, and basically, here's the plan. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Because if you touch something and you don't take care to clean your hands, and then you touch your face, he said, the virus can enter through your mouth, your nose, your eyes. Because the virus can't just leap off of something and come into you. They're not even sure that it's actually airborne, really. But if you touch something and you touch your face without washing your hands, then it has an entry point into your life. And then it can really hurt you. It can get into you and you may not make it through. Well, the same thing is true when Paul's writing here and he's talking about, wake up, guys, let's fight. Let's, let's fight the good warfare here. He's basically saying, we got to clean our hands. We, gotta, we, gotta, we can't, we, we got to steer clear of these things in our lives. And there are things in your life, maybe none of the things that you may be struggling with were in this list. It wasn't meant to be an exhaustive list. It was meant to be a list to say things like this, things concerning this. These are dark things. We need to get cleaned of these things if we're going to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? And so we need, there are things in our lives that we, that the, when, when Paul said, he said, take off or cast off. Basically what he's saying, it's a, it's a determined, decisive act of repentance on your part. If there's anything in your life that's hindering your walk with Jesus right now and thereby weakening your and my, our ability to wage the good warfare. We have to call it what it is, get it off. Dirty work clothes are okay for work, but they're not okay for the house. The past ways of living were, that's how it was out there, but it's not, now it's not in God's house. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So we need to wage the good warfare. We need to get up. We need to clean up. We need to dress up. We need to dress up. Paul said in verse 12, if you look at it, he said, put off, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let's put on the armor of light just as surely if you take dirty clothes off, he said, let's put on the armor of light. And then in verse 14, he said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the armor of light is the Lord Jesus Christ. The armor, our weapon for warfare, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Put on Christ. Put on Jesus every day of your life. 
What does it mean to put on the Lordship of Jesus or to put on Jesus Christ? It means that every day of my life, I submit my life to the Lordship of Jesus. Every day. He's Lord, that means I'm not. Amen. There's not two Lords here. There's only one, and Jesus is Lord. And if I'm going to fight the good fight of faith, I've got to get up, I've got to clean up, but I've also got to dress up in Jesus, submitting to his lordship, accepting his moral standards for my life, obeying the word of God, doing what God says, not what I feel, not what other people think, not what other people vlog about or blog about. I do what the Lord says. I follow his ways. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And then you don't do the things that I tell you to do. So that doesn't make sense. I'm not really your Lord. And there are things, listen, there are things that we're sleeping in. Being disobedient to the will of God, to the word of God. And then we turn around and wonder why we're not victorious in the Lord. And we need to, we need to dress up in Jesus every day by submitting to his lordship, accepting his truth, his moral standard, obeying his word. Here's another one. Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, living in fellowship with him every day. More than anything, more than anything, the Lord wants relationship with you. That's what he lost in the garden. That's what was broken and severed in the garden. And God went to great pains to bring that back around to restore relationship. Every day, you and I had this opportunity to relate with God Almighty. To spend time in His presence. To know Him. To really know Him intimately and personally. You know, I don't know it this next week. I know they've been telling us they want to shut down things even more and so a lot of us are going to be spending a lot of time at home. Well, maybe this is a great opportunity to spend a lot more time with Jesus. People say, oh, I, I wish I could read my Bible more. I wish I could pray more. Well, it looks like you might have time to do that now. <laughs> Amen. Well, I guess maybe not if you've got children at home because now you're, now you're homeschooling, I guess. But... Live in fellowship with the Lord. That's what it means to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It also means to depend on his strength. Depend every day on the strength of Jesus to get you through to the next day. Every day. You know, there are days like, you know, when I woke up today, I didn't feel very strong. But all I kept doing was just saying, Lord, I'm just, I need you. I just need you. I just, I need you, Lord. I can't make it through this day and it's so sad sometimes how we forget that simple little just putting on the strength depending on the lord jesus christ i'm not standing here today in my own strength or in my own ability it's only by the grace of god and really that's what i want for every day of my life i don't want to find a way to live without god until sunday i want to depend on him every day amen and amen there's one final thing, and I'm going to close with saying this. We need to get up, we need to clean up, we need to dress up, and we need to look up. Here's what Paul said in verse 11. Look at these words again, verse 11. He said, and do this knowing the time that it is now high time to wake out of sleep, 
Listen to these words. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And when I read those words, it triggered that scripture, and I had to go look for it. It's found in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. When I read that, these words, this is the word that popped into my mind. Jesus says, now when these things begin to happen, look up. Everybody say, look up. Look up and lift up your heads because Jesus is saying, you know that your ultimate and final redemption is drawing near. See, a person who fights the good fight of faith knows that it ain't over till Jesus shows up. And Jesus is going to show up. He's going to come. But we have to keep looking up. Not looking down and around at all of the crisis and getting carried away with all of the turmoil and all of the uncertainty and all of the fussing and all of the, you know, all of the upheaval that's going on around us. No, we keep our eyes up. Yeah, we have to live in it. We have to live in the storm, but by the grace of God, just like Peter when he stepped out of the boat, as long as his eyes were up on Jesus, he was walking on the water. It's when he began to be so overly concerned with the waves and the tumult and the problems around him that he began to sink in despair. And some of us, unfortunately, have been sinking. But it's never too late, because just like Peter, who cried out, and Jesus was right there to pick him up again and to walk him back to that boat. He's there, he's here to walk you back into safety, security, assurance, knowing he's good. Amen. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Wake up and fight. And the world, the world is at war right now, spiritually speaking. And it's manifesting in a variety of ways. But you and I can be victorious. Amen. Let's be victorious. Let's wage the good warfare. I want to pray over this word right now for every one of us. Father God, we just thank you for this time together today. And I just pray for everyone that is here in this room and listening and watching right now, God, that you will give us an outpouring of your spirit, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit into every one of our hearts. And Lord, that in faith, believing and trusting that we would get up in our spirit, that we would clean up in any area of our life, Lord, right now that's that we know that's of the darkness it's not of the light god that we will take this time right now to just kind of clean rinse off to cleanse ourselves of these things repent of them decide once and for all in our mind that those things are not going to have a place in us and lord that we would also dress up jesus that we would put you on every day of our lives however many times we have to put ourselves through it until we have full assurance that we are fully clothed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, that we would keep our eyes up looking to you, knowing, God, that you are moving and working in the earth. And even in this crisis, Lord, and even in the crisis of my own personal life, I know that you're up to something. 
I know that you're doing something good. And we thank you for that word. We thank you for that truth. And I pray, God, that every one of us would fight the good fight of faith until you come again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for watching today. I want to invite you to remind you to come back and join us on Wednesday. God willing, we'll be doing our uh, Wednesday uh, Facebook live prayer meeting. And so we encourage you to come back and be with us. God bless you. Have a great day.